I was trying to find a um, uh, a quote in here that I felt really uh, encapsulated a, a sort of hobby horse that I've been on for a little while. Speaking of uh, Hegelian idealism, um, and I can't quite find the um, the quote. Maybe I can come back and, and find it in a minute. But um, if I'm remembering it correctly, uh, there was a, a, a quote from him saying something uh, to the effect of, uh, if I can paraphrase it in my own language, the effect of noting that a sophisticated idealism is uh, a whole is a whole different animal from a um, uh, its crude rendition um, and the, uh, and a crude uh, so, so, so like a, a, a sophisticated idealism has much more in common with the sophisticated materialism than either do uh, with their crude counterparts um, um, and there and there can be something uh, very redeemable uh, I, I guess this is what um um, somebody uh, on our uh, has said before on our podcast, or maybe it was in the Discord that uh, with Marx putting turning Hegel on his head, Hegel is is comfortable standing on his head. I, I think that 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 gets at a similar sort of sentiment that the, these two things aren't as far apart as uh, many of our uh, th- those who would do a crude rendition of either one would have them be. Um, and I think that's a really interesting approach uh, to to the issue or to the 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 question, I guess. That was Sam that said that the the section that the author talks about, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this discussed in the the letters later, hopefully. Um, the the author talks about how he was just allergic to vulgar materialism. That was something that he same man constantly. same. And I got to say that's sort of been a theme of our of our podcast since I don't know probably I think we mentioned that episode two or three. As our posturing against vulgar materialism, the vulgar materialism of like scientific teleological Marxism. And, you know, I mean, I think that that's why we ended up like looking at Labriola in the first place is because he sort of he sort of fits into this category of thinkers that don't really get dealt with that much because they don't fit into that that mainstream sort of, uh, you know, vulgar Marxism uh, that. I think has pretty much held sway throughout the entirety of the history of Marxism, uh, specifically not the entire history. I would say since the second half of the 20th century. Right. Um, and that we dealt a lot with in whenever we looked at the dialectic of defeat. In fact, that's where I heard of Labriola for the first time was in the dialectic of defeat. And I remember thinking, yeah, we need to read something by him. And uh, here we are. Uh, Adam. Yeah. I was going to say it if you didn't, because I'm, at that section on the dialectic of defeat, reading it myself for the first time. Um, and it screams of that, and it screams of Walter Benjamin in a lot of ways, too, that adopting of the, the position of like a critical Marxism that can kind of try to intuit as opposed to deduce a lot of the problems with the, where things are heading from all of those uh, vulgar, reductive Marxisms, I think is really productive, um, if not ever... A, a process that can be said to be complete, but it, it's a corrective that like all of these sorts of movements need, I think. And, and it's interesting to see that as early as like the 1890s in a place where like I, I had no knowledge of that sort of philosophical current occurring. And, and from somebody who already thought that like Marxism was like necessarily entering into some sort of eclipse, like before we even get the Bolshevik revolution or something like that, like that. And, and, and prefiguring at least in the author of the 
intros words like a lot of the debates that would happen as a result of that after world war one just to get the quote that i was thinking of uh earlier go back to that that quote labriola himself had violently criticized vulgar materialism as that doctrine whereby quote matter indicates something which is below or opposed to another higher or nobler thing which is called spirit and quote that literary habit which opposes the word materialism uh, understood in a disparaging sense to all that in a word is called idealism. So for Labriola, historical materialism was that was what explained forms of thought in terms of forms of being, not for purely uh, intellectual reasons, but in order to provide the appropriate political and social mediations necessary to solve the contradictions of capitalist society. Uh, here's the revolutionary assumption and the scientific aim of the new doctrine, which objectifies, and I might say, naturalizes the explanation of historical processes.